Why the VL with two subbies, stereotype with a huge intercooler Doing it right might be like I'm confused, what's the attraction? But some dudes just love to lose traction That cruise action, Saturday night, you can do it at the lights Welcome to Rogue Bows, the Car Chat series And stay tuned after this episode because we have a very special guest David Reynolds has joined us for a really good discussion about everything racing uh, Really good discussion there Justin, I mean just on I'm not huge into kind of all-out car racing. I'm more of a car enthusiast, so I know a little bit. You know more about yep. that scene, but just learned so much, man, in that in that industry of how, you know, there's points of it that are cowboyish, there's points of it that are professional, there's this, there's that, and... Um, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, just the intel of it all. I mean, um, I guess the cars have developed over the years, but it seems the background of the sport is a bit behind times, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, yeah, definitely a good listen, good take on it all, and, um, yeah, all around just rip a bloke. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, no filter, just like us, which is good, which is what you want. And, uh, yeah, just a really good discussion. I'm still astounded that they can't – they can only get three practice days I know. a year, yep. which is outrageous. So like, being a professional athlete, like we can get in the gym whenever we want, have a bad game, go shoot. Um, David mentioned that they can't just they can't just jump in in their car and, and, and go for a squirt around the track if they've had a bad race or whatever. They only get through here, which is just yeah, that's mind blowing. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. All right, let's get started. Uh, as always, we'll touch on on the current market um, plateauing a little bit here. Justin, it the, is the going. Is- um, yeah, look, I mean, obviously, inflation. Inflation and uh, I think just kind of mindset shifts around it all. So, I mean, um, some people, you know, they still do have money, but do you go and tie it up in a high-end car at the moment? And that's pretty much been the telltale sign of, um, I guess, stagnant cars on car sales and then um, also just recent sales around at the moment. So, in um, probably the, the main one that I was watching was uh, auction back in, or the Lloyd's auction back in December. Had some nice cars there. Red W427 with 11,000 Ks on the clock. Passed in at 157, mm. so um, 200 plus car a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah, and look, that that was sitting there for a fair while, wasn't really moving. We saw that at low 100s, um, you know, Boomer. So um, who we've had on the pod before, massive HSV collector. We we're um, yeah, we we're flicking messages back and forwards, wondering what was going to happen here because he loves a red W427. He was half contemplating it. We both thought it was probably going to go for that 170 to 180 around mm-hmm. there, but um, yeah, passed in 157. Um, GDSR and Son of a Gun, uh, 150K that one. So um, yeah, look, I mean, they're fluctuating around, but they're, they're also starting to pull back. They're also high 180s around that at the moment, and then uh, that trickle-down effect. So it's always going to be interesting to watch those, the Gen F GDSRs, because Obviously, once they start falling a bit, then we've got those thousands of um, the Series 1 and Series 2, of the Gen F GDSs, so, um, and also the club sport. So that's going to be an interesting interesting market Well, we did have watch. some dreamers with the GTSRs in the 300s at 1.2, yeah. you know, yeah. so six, six to 12 months ago, peak of COVID, yeah. we had we had some GTSRs, um, not the, you know, mm-hmm. not the W1s, the GTSRs, people asking dreaming money yeah, for them. Yeah, so. huge, huge money. So mm-hmm. but it's also good there because, I mean, seeing pressure on like a LSA senator, so I personally wouldn't mind getting myself a, a HSV 30 LSA senator uh, one day, so probably in Son of a Gun as well, so mm-hmm. it'd be a good one to get and probably when they come back down to those 60s and 70s. I reckon I'll grab myself one. So um, now, Bogart, I think you've seen this car around before. There was a uh, VS GDSR. They're a um, blueprinted one with a sunroof. Yes. <laughs> Former owner was me. Yeah. Um, got rid of that a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that was when I was going through my phase of if I did not enjoy driving the car, if it drove like shit, I didn't like it and that did not drive well. They don't they just don't drive well to me. Um but yeah, probably probably one probably one of the regretful sales I've made. I probably shouldn't have moved that on, but yeah. The collection was just getting too big and it was one that I just thought I don't enjoy driving it. Yeah. Um doesn't really move well. Um, it, it's it's an iconic HSV car. Probably should have kept it for that very reason. But yeah, that uh, 220k passed in. Yeah, I think I was early ones on a sold it for. I can't remember 120, 130, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think I might have even been under that. Yeah, at the time. So I think that was just before the whole boom around them. Mm. But um, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, those cars do seem to be all over the place. Personally, if you kind of look at it the way they all sit, especially Walkinshaws, V and Group A's as well. You could look at that being such an iconic HSV. I mean, that is probably a $300,000 plus car all, all day long, um, especially for that one being um, blueprinted and option sunroof as well. So the sunroof doesn't do much for me in a GDSR, um, but blueprint is an absolute must if you can own one of those. And that car had its spoiler taken, right? That um, did actually. What so I, the, the, the fella I sold it to, someone had uh, yeah, stolen it. Yeah, someone stole the spoiler off stole it. Stole the car, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, the car, and they took the spoiler. So the spoiler, which are worth yep. a shitload and hard yep. to get, and uh, he ended up recovering it himself from the thief, I believe. Yeah, it was, it was a story where yeah. I think they found the fella I sold it to was a, probably a guy you probably shouldn't mess with too much, and uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But ended up ended up finding. <laughs> Finding the spoiler yeah. and, and getting it back reattached to the car. And, and they were obviously, you know, when they removed it, did some damage to the boots so that had to get fixed, but it's all been fixed. Yep. But yeah, interesting life with that car. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So it's, um, yeah, actually, in speaking of GDSRs, I saw a picture circulate the other day. The, um, I think it might have been the Patterson Cheney's GDSR. So there's when the storms rolled through. Um, Sign fell off from the roof and hit the um, hit the rear quarter of that car. So um, yeah, saw that. Uh, saw a photo of that still driving around, still got the damage on the on the Does back. It? So yeah, haven't fixed it yet. No, it hasn't been fixed yet. So um, yeah, it'd be good to see if that one. Uh, yeah, because that's actually a really nice car. That was that was also used. Uh, it was Kevin Dennis's actually Kevin Dennis because mm-hmm. the KD plates was also used in the same photo shoot we did for. Um, for Motor Magazine that had your old VT2 GDS and yep. W427. So, yep. um, yeah, so good to see that one. Still yeah. floating around. <laughs> yeah, and then just the second-hand market, I've got a, a an 8 Series BMW for sale, an 850i. Um, very stagnant at the moment, very stagnant from where, you know, from what I paid to it to, to what I'd probably get now. Um, it's been for sale on the market for a while, and and it's really it's really hard going selling higher-end uh Secondhand luxury cars right now. Yeah. Um, whereas you know your your Kia's and that kind of market, I don't think it's been too affected because you just can't get stuff right now. If you want a new car, it's a long wait, so they're not. A, but seeing some pullback, especially in the higher end of the market, there's just not as much money floating around for those kind of cars, and that'll eventually trickle down. But on the flip side, there's still rumblings that we're we're short of deliveries for every almost every car maker that comes to Australia is short on deliveries. Yeah. Um, everything that's that's landing is already. Taken for or signed by someone. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well. Well. Um. Yeah, even. Um. Yeah. BMW released an article encouraging people to buy used cars, and that at the moment. So. Um. Yeah. We just had 
Dave Reynolds in before, so he was mentioning that Will Brown's um, also in the automotive um, market. He's got a dealership up in uh, Toowoomba, I think he said, and yeah, he's been he's been buying up a lot of used cars in that moment because there is still the shortage. It's going to be interesting with China going into kind of lockdowns again as well. So with a lot of their manufacturing side, the trickle down effect that might have mm-hmm. actually with cars floating through. Um, but also as well, then the top down pressure of interest rates. So I mean, if you can walk into a into a dealership and negotiate on a new car where well, you can't now, the price is the price, yep. and then go speak to their finance manager and crunch an interest rate and try and shop that around, well, then you're probably paying 7% at the moment. So, And that and that's one thing to keep in mind that um, you could go pay overs on a vehicle, pay a higher interest rate, and then suddenly you will be left with a shortfall on that when these cars do catch up once um, these boats do start landing because the pressure, especially with higher interest rates at the moment, I can see that will be a cliff edge happening at the moment. It, you watch this space in two, three years' time, there's going to be some big shortfalls. There is, um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's just becoming more competitive out there. I think it's going to slowly turn into to that buyer's market. I mean, if, with, with, with fixed pricing and the way things are going, the second-hand market I think is going to is going to rear into into a buyer's market. That, that's what I think. Um, probably the next six odd six odd months, we're hearing that. A lot of people's interests, uh, sorry, loans uh, are maturing. Yep. Uh, first and second quarter of of twenty three, mm-hmm. um, financial markets. So, property markets. So basically, meaning people that have had, you know, ten year fixed rates, fifteen year fixed rates, three year fixed rates, whatever. There's a mass peak coming yep. over the next six months. So those people are going to have to then re up into a higher interest rate and consumer sentiment and all that. We're not we're not experts in it, but we dabble in it a little bit just with the, the things we do. With cars and your business and and, and yep. kind of my interest with property and whatnot, so um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if that if that kind of fizzles really badly mm. mid year. Um, Elon Musk has also sounded the alarm over brewing or a brewing automobile crisis, um, saying the aggressively raising interest rates has helped has helped create an untenable situation in car financing. So, kind of what we're talking about a yeah. little bit, but in the US, it's a whole different <laughs> different kettle of fish because. There's still places where you can, you know, still advertise at least for used cars and smaller amounts of of uh, bad credit, no problem, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. I've seen a few in Australia actually lately too. Um, a few yeah. of those signs at a few dealers. If you've got bad credit, we can help you out. And you're like, ooh, <laughs> red flag. <laughs> yeah, but, subprime lending, twenty yeah. plus percent. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, so it's, it's it's happening all over the world. Um, seems like the whole whole world's in in debt. Um, yep. every economy in the world in debt, which is interesting. So who are they in debt to? If everyone's in, in debt, who are they in debt to? Yeah. Um, I assume the, the Arab Emirates and people over there making making all that surplus in oil, but uh, that's interesting. And moving on to some news, some some tragic news. I mean, two bits of tragic news really the last, the, over the last month and month or two. Yeah, so um, a massive one that absolutely blew my mind was um, Ken Block. I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of, um, of Ken Block and what he's done. So bit of his background there, which I absolutely love. So he was one of the, one of the founders of DC Shoes, um, big marketing kind of guy back then in the whole scene. Uh, sold his share, made a shit ton of money and said, what am I going to do with my life? Buys himself a, um, bought himself a Subaru STI and taught himself how to do, you know, teach himself some rally driving. Got into that and then he became the guy who we've probably all seen, um, yeah, his Jim Carner series with Hoonigan and what he's done. Shutting down cities. Yeah, exactly. Shutting down cities, doing amazing things in all these cars. Um, yeah, 
massive, massive fan of him, like I said, and passed away, only 55 years of age, snowmobile accident, which um, tends to happen like that. If you kind of look at it um, with Schumacher, Ken Block, it tends to be you think what these guys do behind the wheels of a, of a car. You push that limit in other things. Push that limit. Yeah, but then on the other hand, I kind of think of the concentration side of things as well. So if they're kind of doing these recreational activities, not concentrating as much, um, can tend to happen as well. So, but regardless of what's happened, very, very sad. Um, yeah, massive big hole in, um, in you know, what's been created there. And hopefully his daughter Leah kind of takes off there and um, like Travis Pastrana and some, and some of the other guys um, behind uh, Hoonigan to continue his legacy. Mm. Yeah, it's, and, and snowmobiles. I've, I've been on one, um, like you said, they're, they're a unique beast within themselves. People think that, you know, they're not that fast. They like the snowmobile, what's a big deal? But, you know, very, very can be very, very dangerous. You yep. know, losing traction, then gaining traction on that track. Yeah, you know, around trees, around forests, all that kind of stuff. Generally, you're snowmobiling in areas that have heavy tree foliage yeah. as well. So you just got to be well, really, really careful. Yeah. Well, uh, he was in Utah, so mm. that's where he lived there. So I mean, you've lived in Utah for for a few years as well in your stint, so you pretty much know what it's all like up there as well. So it's um crazy. Yep. Main rest in peace. Yep. And another loss. Um, so veteran Sydney drag racer was uh, killed at Willowbank. So Sam Fenix, so he's, um, yeah, he was driving the Camaro. So um, the, yeah, the Chef Brandon Camaro there. So, yeah, that was a insane crash. I couldn't believe that video watching that. So, um, yeah, went across the track, clipped the edge and, um, yeah, pretty much slammed into um, the, I think it was the camera audio tower there. So, um, yeah. That was very, very sad. Massive big dint in that in in that sport as well. So, um, yeah, it's um, if you see that footage, it's absolutely sickening to watch. Yeah, and a lot, I mean, drag racing, especially, just a very, very tough sport. People don't realise, you know, uh, it's one of those sports. Much like much like we spoke with David Reynolds, car racing. There's there's a there's a risk every time those boys and girls get into a car that you know you can not come home to your wife and kids, you know, um, and that's. The unfortunate reality of dealing with motorsport and high speeds and, and anything to do with motors, um, you know, it's, it's just just very very sad. You don't see it a lot because there's a lot of safety standards now and a lot of rules and regulations. But one thought, one small thing goes wrong, you know, one one bolt lets loose, yeah. something's not tightened properly. There's a bit, little bit of a play in something, um, and sometimes it's it's user error as well, human error. Something mm. happens, slick, rain, wet, you know. It's it's tough, tough to see, and you hate to see it, and you, you just know that you know these these people have families and a wife and kids in most circumstances, and and are pillars of their community. I mean, both these guys can block obviously worldwide, world renowned for everything he's done. Sam Fennick within his community there in Sydney, and um, yeah, just tough. Mm. That's that's the risk we take in in motorsport. Sure. Um, Give us the uh, Raptor update, Justin. We. Um, mm. <laughs> But that one, yeah. This has been the number one question we can ask at the moment as to how this happens. So in the, the last pod, I was having a bit of my vent because um, Bogut got his TRX before I got my Raptor. <laughs> I was not happy. I was angry. I ordered mine well before. In a lot of venting of frustration and uh, just after that pod wrapped up as well, I actually got another alert on the listing I had there that I was supposed to be getting probably around February. It was going to be a May build and looking for a June delivery. So it even got pushed out even, even and a, my And a price rise. So, 
the Enterprise Rise as well. So a lot happening there. But um, I got a message off for one of our listeners, Tyson Sutton. So um, he hooked me up. So he, Good. Sutton he let Ford. Us, yeah, so Sutton Ford uh, in Wilkery, South Australia, I think it is over there. Um, anyway, him and his old man, Ian, Gave me the massive big hook up there. So it wasn't the code orange colour that I was after, but it's still no, a. You did better. You did yeah, better, man. Boga likes his colour more. You did so way better. I got myself a Conquer Grey Raptor. Thank you so much, boys, there. So massive shout out to them. Um, yeah, can't. Yeah, just can't get over the service that they had. So. And it was a customer that didn't take delivery, right? Is that, is that what happened? Yeah, it was. So, um, mm. yep. Just let me know straight away and really good there. So wasn't gouging on price, didn't say give us another 10 grand to the side or whatever. The price is the price. The guy's absolutely great there. Um, yeah, pretty much did the deal straight away, flew over with the family. They met me at uh, at uh, Adelaide Airport and drove it back. So, um, yeah, other listeners of this pod and they also own one of your old cars, the EL. Um, yeah, it was an EL GT mm-hmm. they bought. Oh, yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yep. yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Interstate. Yeah, beautiful. So, yeah. So, thank you so much, guys. Um, but for everyone asking about the new Raptor versus the old one, it is everything that they talk about. Damn quick for what it is. Um, yeah, still hitting zero to 100. I have got it under six seconds a couple of times there. Um, yeah. Does everything you could ever ask for. So great, great for the family. Still plenty of room, everything that the other one had. Um, go pick up whatever you need from Bunnings, ticks all the boxes there, and sounds great and fucking quick. Finally, yeah. it is quick. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say performance-wise, probably very similar to the X540i that the yeah. wife had. So yeah. for that, that's probably the best kind of comparison I could say to what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. But did the typical me thing, bought it here straight away. Change the wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, look good. Yeah, any, any issues? No, I nothing, haven't had any. No tech at all. gremlins. No nothing. No tech gremlins. So I had a lot send me the articles of what's on a current affair. How there's a couple of people whinging about their new Raptors that um they were stuffing up and having gearbox issues and everything. But um that seems to me that the woman who was having a whinge about their one it broke down with the caravan on the back. So don't know the tire capacity, <laughs> whatever yeah. what they've done there or whatever's yep. happened. But, um, yeah, mine uh, won't go – I won't be taking it off any sweet jumps, mm. won't be towing any massive horse floats or huge caravans. That's there for me to – That's the Rams for. Yeah. So that's for me to um, – <laughs> To daily. Yeah. Just to putt around, go to Chadston, put the shopping in the back, whatever I've got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scare so, people on the road. Exactly. They let you they let you merge, though, with the big they trucks, do. man. They let you merge. It's great. It's great. You put the indicator on it. I don't even get to the third click of the indicator, mate. People, yeah. people are breaking. Oh, bro, jump <laughs> in, jump in. You're too big. So <laughs> I like it. So, no, awesome. Good stuff. And then just finally, I don't know what council it was. Do you know what it was? What council? I'm not sure. There was a council in Melbourne that was forced to apologise after it resurfaced a road Around a parked car, Justin. So they um, look. I, I probably I would guess they've let the residents know it's happening on this day. This is generally how it yeah. works. So they'll come say they'll send you a thing in your mailbox. Who checks their mail these days? I don't even know. Um, check their mailbox and say you know January fifteenth. We're doing these roads. Please move your cars between this time. And someone hasn't done it. They've showed up to do it. These poor, you know, the arduous work of being 
on the government teat and, and, and working for the council, just blatant hard work. They're just yes. finger to the bones from 6am to, to 9pm. Yeah. They got there and they thought, oh, we're just going to go around this car. We see Luke Donkin yeah. videos. Check him out on Instagram. Luke Donkin. Shout out Luke Donkin too. Some very funny videos. His council worker videos, hilarious. His Bunnings videos. Yeah. He's got uh, my personal favourite is the Australia Post one. Um, where they just basically javelin your shit to – to your house or then, oh, or then so knock good. on your door and wait one second and then stick, sorry, mate, missed you. <laughs> Pick it up at the post office. Oh, great videos. You see the Bunnings on the cup holders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so good. Yeah. So for anyone with their emotional support bottles, they're Frank Greens. My wife and daughter have those bottles. They're, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're pretty much like what I used to use as a jerry can. Yeah, <laughs> Back in the days, yeah, they're yeah, huge. Yeah. So, but but uh, Melbourne Council, it's, it's about time we, we talk about there's been talks about some people wanting to abolish councils and I'm all for it. They're fucking useless. Like seriously, you, you know, our taxes are paying for you to, to resurface a road and you just go around a car. <laughs> like no other industry could get away with that. Actually speaking. No other industry. I just said before how I picked up that the Raptor from um, Adelaide. That drive from fucking Adelaide to Melbourne, the roads are terrible. Really? Yeah. On the Melbournes, on the Victoria side or, had, like, or the South Australia side? Well, I was shocked because my uh, my brother-in-law just fought one of those Suzuki Jimnies and I actually thought- The Jimnies? Yeah, the size of that thing that he'll probably fall into one of the potholes on the way back. <laughs> really? Oh, what side was it on though, Victorian terrible. side? Terrible. So- um, Probably. Yeah, actually, yeah, it would be, yeah. Because a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of before, people out in country Victoria, shout out to all the listeners out there. Just before Horsham, where Creaky's from, yeah. They're all saying- um, that the the country roads, not just that, not just on that side of Victoria, but everywhere outside of the metro, yeah. is horrendous, yeah. horrendous, and, and dangerously horrendous. Like to the point where you know it's going to cost 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 lives out on those country roads. So take care out there and um, keep paying your council rates, though. They'll, they'll, they'll fix them eventually. Um, but yeah, let's let's hope our our council can be held to account. But the rates do continue to go up. You know, you gotta, you gotta, the council rates always go up. So you hope we get some bang for buck. Summon at 36, insane. Yes. Um, look, I mean, these, these videos that circulate around, it honestly just seems to be, it's more of the challenge. It used to be, who know, be the biggest? yeah, who's going to win the burnout event or who's going to win horsepower heroes or who's going to win grand champion. No, nah, nah, it seems to be now it's whoever gets kicked out the fastest. <laughs> um, some of these burnout videos and that I was just seeing just on some of the main streets and look, I mean, I took a car back in uh, 2015, I think it might have been, when I um, built um, yeah the car King Jam, took that there, never would again, just from driving past people putting hands on the cars and just stressing there. But seeing guys standing in front, like real nice HK GDSs and that, and it was like mind-blowing, just the whole full force pushing against these cars to stop them so they can do a burnout, won't let them pass till that happens. I'm not a huge fan of that because I'm big into the whole, you know, I like my, my cars. cars being, my baby, yeah. yeah exactly. Yep. My cars and babies spend a lot of hard-earned money on it. I don't want kicked-in quarter panels and that if I don't do a burnout. I don't condone that at all. Um, but in speaking about it, if you look at revenue, apparently it's generated 35 mil for the Internal economy there. So, economy there. Yeah, yeah, so – yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, look, I think we're, it's a matter of time before yeah. these events are done because there's just, there's going to be, you know, you got the greenies with burning tyres, you got noise, you got, got people being idiots. Yeah. But yeah, it does help the economy. So I think they're, the days are numbered for these things, um, you know, and it's it's funny 
But at the same time, like if someone gets hurt, then you know, you know. Yeah, I think this is the problem. If someone gets hurt, like let's say someone's pushing on a bonnet, trying to trying to weigh the car down, it'll burn out, and something happens, it slips yeah. and runs a guy over, kills him. That's yeah. going to be national news. Yeah. It's, it's going to then link to Bogans burnout, Summonat, which is then going to link to car enthusiasts. Yeah, to two different categories. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. people like the listeners of this podcast for the most part that want to go and take their nice cars out, they're going to get their nuts broken by cops even more and toggies and, and people. And, yeah. you know, I get it. Like I drive I, I drive some of the, you know, HSVs and the, the muscle cars out and still remember a friend or a guy I played basketball with, his parents, very, very wealthy people, a judge um, in Victoria. And I was, I, that's one of my GTS actually, the, 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 um, the white one. The, oh, the twin turbo one? Yeah, the twin yeah. turbo one. And I was down at a servo uh, filling up and they were heading down towards Portsea, of course. Um, yeah. And I was at the, the, the one on um, Thompson's Road and South Gibby Highway or Hastings Highway. And I was filling up and they were in their, you know, uh, Audi or Mercedes or whatever. And I still remember like the face when they saw me get out of that car and were just like, what are you driving this for? You know? And and that's kind of the stigma that people kind of have because of yeah. this, you know, yeah. because of the summer nights and um, – Whereas I love HSVs, I love Holdens, I love Fords, I love Mustangs and I love muscle cars, but unfortunately we all get tarnished with that same brush and that's what this is going to do. So my point is like I know it's young kids doing stupid shit um, and like you said, it was almost a mission to get kicked out. It was a mission to be who can push the envelope the most without being yeah. arrested. Um, not not great, not yeah. great. And, and it's good for Instagram, it's good for people's stories, good for views and have a laugh and a giggle. But um, – over the top, in my opinion, and that's generally why I stay away from those type of events. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely there. And and look, um, on one interesting thing, straight away after this is finished, I mean, someone else pretty much posting up that they've already sold out all the tickets for, for next year. Next year. Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, that blows my mind, but everyone's getting pumped up and excited and letting loose. But but yeah, I just think of just insurances, just everything else going on this uh, with this event. Um, yeah, it's. No. Well, it's definitely not an event for numbers matching cars if you're going down mm. the straight anymore. Um, no, no, it's, it's well, it's well past that point now. Yeah, it's definitely you just something bother because yeah. your car just going to get you know what I mean. Like, yeah. and um, yeah, it just it just makes things hard. And I, I look, maybe you put it down to COVID the last two years, everyone being locked up, they're finally back out and having a having a good yeah, good, good finally good, just go let loose. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So maybe you put it down to that. And and I, you know, I want. I, Kids, go enjoy yourselves, go have fun, but yeah, just mm. just just do it within reason and don't oh. don't be too stupid. So, I mean, the most kickouts I've ever had, right? Oh yeah, beyond it was beyond, like yeah. every other car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but the big uh, hammer down that I love with this one is the car that won Grand Champion. Oh, controversial. <laughs> Fuck this course from chaos. Yeah, Porsche nine eleven. Yeah. Um, Grand so, champion. So the the Yobo purists, time to erupt if you're listening. Yeah. Oh, fuck, don't that happen, you know? Um, but what do you think, man? I I absolutely love that Porsche. Like I, I must say that the detail in it, the color, the finish, the wheel choice, it's good to see. It didn't have Simmons on it. Didn't yeah. have walkie, <laughs> didn't have walkie <laughs> wheels or Momo stars. Or, no wrap. Um, yeah, no wrap on it. No convo pros. No sticker package. Yeah. yeah. So no, it was a very tastefully done car, and and I think that look, we cop it all the time. We were talking a bit to about you know a bit about the whole Holden versus Ford thing with David um, with David Reynolds before, and and I think we all need to move on from that. That and we just need to, especially being a car enthusiast, got to appreciate a car for what it is. Even a lot of my tastes, I'm I'm starting to like you know some of the 
you know, older Mercs and Beamers, like, you know, the old BMW 850. I mm. like, love them. Just the whole look of that. It's, it's, I'm starting to look outside the box a bit now going, what could I get? That could just be a cool cruiser. They could just cruise it for a year, do it a bit tastefully, chalk one up, have one of those, yep. move on the next one. So I'm loving a lot of that 80s and 90s um, stuff at the moment. And that's why seeing this done so well, big tick for me. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Like I think in, especially now, back to the Ford and Holden thing, well, mm. they're both gone now, Ford yeah. Australia and Holden. So for all you purists, they're both gone now. So we've got nothing to complain about. We don't have either of them to support in Australia. Um, and what, what does the future look like for some of that? So I think they know they probably need to, they need to go into that market more now. They, yeah. they probably want to get into that market more for that very reason because, you know, the Holden Ford stuff's only going to go so far now, you know, another – 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. You know, probably, you know, people that are fans of muscle cars that are 12, 13, 14, 15 are probably more pulled towards that. They're more pulled mm. towards BMWs, Mercedes, you know, Euro stuff, maybe Subaru, Subarus, WRXs, yeah. that kind of stuff because we don't have the local yeah. local economy anymore, right? So they probably know that in some of that. So it's probably a smart pivot by them as much as it's upset the – the, the yobbos, they're still going to rock up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's not going to change much. But yeah, I think it was a ballsy move. I yeah. like, I like, I like thinking outside the box, and I think that's the reason why they've done it. I think, mm. and, and the car was done. It was a nice, yeah. nice car. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a scale upon. You know, it's a Porsche, probably a more higher priced build. Yeah. You know, generally, like, you know, it should be a Holden or a Ford that you didn't pay that much for, then you spend a lot of money mm. doing it up. You shouldn't have, you know, a Porsche is already a good car. There's that mentality of things, but. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing. And um, yeah. So your experience, you wouldn't do it again, yeah? Oh, I mean, <laughs> as a spectator, maybe. I was a spectator, definitely, but not taking the car. Just it was so stressful back then. I could just see what it'd be like now. So um, yeah, but that, but that's thing that if yeah, if if you had a car, you didn't really care too much about, and it's like, well, if it gets damaged, you're paying it, whatever like that. If you kind of got that bit of attitude, you know, that attitude, you there for a bit of fun. Yeah, I could see it. Take the boys up, take a car, cruise around. You know, I I love that. Just outside of some that's just jumping in the car, just cruising around, just up and down the main street, going around, just seeing just cars driving past, which just blur out the bottom. Yeah. Like you're there for a week, and you you can get away with that shit. Yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, definitely good experience for all that. But yeah, it's for, if it's your one and only absolute pride and joy, that just kind of be be prepared. Yeah, uh, it's, that's what's um that's what's gonna happen. Unless you want to bring a rat rod that you don't really care about, it's yeah, rusted out. Exactly. Touch so. and feel as much as you want. Yeah. Um, otherwise, big no from me. Yep, that's it. So, um, an interesting one I got sent to me was just in getting into. which probably should have touched on at the start, but just on for recent sales. But to actually get into uh, my three top car sales listings, like for more interested listings at the moment. So, um. Thought of getting into those, so I did scour around last night having it and, and have a look. And I must say, in segueing into this, is another Instagram page to check out is Car Rave. Um, if you ever want to just see some just interesting car listings and that going around at the moment, so he posts some cool stuff, some absolute oddball shit that I love. Yep. Um, a lot of just kind of interesting cars. You might see like a Cars and Coffee or something like that that you'd never really think of. But yeah, definitely check out Car Rave for his listings there. But in um, looking at car sales last night, here's my top three that I found. Interesting listings. Uh, 2006 STI with only 5,500 Ks on the clock in white. Uh, 110,000, that's listed for at the moment. So um, that's one market. Bogan and I were calling that out 
probably from more about, you than me. Yeah, from I won't probably, take credit. Yeah, exactly. Probably from episode five, from what we're doing there. So we're calling out that I said this market's going to move. And back then, I think when I think it was actually a question proposed to me, I had to go and pick the five cars for under fifty thousand. And back then, when I was looking at them, you can find a um, 06, 07 STI, if, um, you know, with 40,000 k's on the clock for probably about forty grand. Yeah. So. They've now moved to about 70,000 if you're going to have, um, have one with those kind of kilometres. And then, like I said, this one here with 5,500 on the clock. Looking at the pictures, I couldn't see the immobiliser uh, keypad that was um, on the Australian Deliver one. So I didn't look that far into it, but I'd heavily expect I'd it. Yeah, I'd say that that is an import one as well. So uh, do look at those if you are going to be looking into them as a better long-term investment. Always look at the Australian Deliver one. Yeah. All right. So... Um, another pick for me was a VT2 GDS in red with only 21,000 Ks on the clock. That's for 105,000. So with these here, like I said, absolute massive fans of them. They only came out in the, um, in the red and the black. So the red is the better choice out of them. Uh, in my opinion, anyway, they were at some, at the time when they were released, they were the W427 or the W1 of its day. Um, they're still, you know, that's, that's actually quite well priced um, for comparing to what you can get for other cars there. So if you're after a long-term collector, especially with such low kilometres, now we know with the um, with that having the black and red black and red steering wheel and also the black and red trim that that trim marks very very easy. So if you do get a high K one, it is hard to get one and restore it back to a um, really good original condition. I have seen. Um, likes of some really good trimmers out there try and redo this trim before it never looks the same even if um, you, if you try and even get it painted so you've pretty much got to put in a lot of work so to pay a bit over and get yourself one like that with such low Ks is a good one to get and on the flip side if it is a low K example um, and you've got wear on the seats that already yeah. start to be noticeable it's probably probably clocked or someone's missed yep. the kilometres so you shouldn't see wear to, wear's probably started starting at ten or 15,000 yep. slight wear mm-hmm. and then obviously the, the, the deeper the wear is yep. you're pushing six, six digits on, on the odometer so just keep that in mind if you inspect those cars definitely uh, other pick I found a VS Club Sport with only 5,300 kilometres on the clock so auto and in silver mink um, this car was sent to me a lot as well, so um, you know, shout out to everyone who um, who sends all sends me all these cool listings and everything as well. So, um, but I did dive into this one here. Questionable logbook straight away there, but the car does present well. It does look good. It does have cloth trim, so it's always hard to tell the wear on the on the cloth trim versus the leather. Um, it doesn't it hasn't been off option with the Devonish front seats either. So just the standard seats there. But just keep in mind with that here. So very, very low kilometres, does look and present well. Um, yeah. You know, 55000 is a listing price for it. You kind of go, not too bad for a clubby. Me personally, I'll probably still try and tip in some extra dollars. I saw, I think Boomer sent to me, he found a VR GDS, 6B manual in Diablo Red with 130-something thousand Ks on, on the clock. Um for similar money as well. So me personally, I'd be going something like that, a 215 6B manual over this. But, um, yeah, it's probably worth checking out. Check the clips underneath um, underneath the cluster there so um, or the console because, like I said, these cars here, you can unplug that that odometer within about 10 seconds and plug it back in <laughs> and you can – this car might have done 80,000 Ks, but he unplugged it at 5,300. So never know. 
But um, yeah, that they were my three picks that I found. Yeah, good ones. Good ones to look out for. Cool. All right, off the Q and A's. Right, so one here from Ashley. Say, um, hey, boys, do you think the naturally aspirated C63s will be a good investment? Um, oh, look, I mean, to be honest, Ashley, I mean, this was probably another car we called out as well back in the days when we were talking about those STIs there. So um, they've already moved, from what I can see, in dollars-wise. So um, if I look at being an investment itself, you kind of want the rarity around it. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I understand it's an AMG, uh, but there's still absolute thousands of them. So with a car like this, you buy because you like it. You know, if you're going to go out and draw on your super or get a personal loan or something and try and tuck this away in the corner, just think you're going to sit back rubbing your hands together that you're going to double your or triple your money, probably not going to happen. If you find a low-key decent, tidy example that's just going to be a pride and joy at your weekend because I, I do I do love these, you know, especially like the 2012 ones. Um, really, really good. They sound great, cool things, and it will have a bit of that, you know, especially if you've got a real nice, tidy one, it will have a bit of its um, cool factor later on. If you're looking at an investment for it, probably a 507, um, which has got a build engine, so a better example, um, you know, low build numbers, Probably something like that is what you're going to say an investment, but that there is just a, yeah, just buy a nice example, put your money into something you're actually going to enjoy. And um, if it goes up in value, it's a win. If it goes down, well, you've had some fun. And price your cars to maintain. Yeah, so, definitely. So, you know, definitely. an AMG, keep in mind, second, you're obviously getting it second hand, most likely out of warranty. Um, you, gotta, you know, something goes wrong on that thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. You're paying a lot for parts and, 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 and servicing and labor. So you've got to factor that in on top of that, insuring it, storing it, all that kind of thing. So factor all that in. If you're budget savvy, do a little spreadsheet about what you think it's going to cost you, chuck it in another maybe 10, 10K a year maybe, just for unexpected yep. costs, and that's that's kind of where you'll be. So if you can afford to do that, go for it. Definitely. All right, next one. Noticed a, few, a fair few import cars are flooding car sales. Are they becoming popular, Justin? Um. Well, to be honest, I mean, it's it's just the waves that comes through. So if you look at um, that generational shift of people, you know, coming into money now, so I guess our generation coming through, if you're 30s and 40s, uh, you know, that's the thing. It's your poster boy cars, you know, that um, grew up watching Fast and Furious and Skylines loved all the, and, yeah. yeah, Skylines and everything, and that's, that's where there's a demand for them. So, um, and that's how you can see it, that if you can source these cars over there for 30-odd grand, especially like, you know, if we're talking before like a um, 06, 07 STI, score yourself one for 30, 35,000 landed here, you can flip it for 70. Happy days. Why that's, not? That's, that's what's happening at the moment. It's quite easy to bring these cars in, um, easy to get them on the road, and, yeah, that's why. So, Next one, last episode, you guys mentioned about advanced driving courses. Do you really think it should be a government focus since cars have more driver aids? Brandon. Um, interesting question there, Brandon, and I still stand by it. So, look, you know, prime example of Tesla. Um, get yourself in one of those, batch it fast, you can get yourself into trouble really fast. You always got to remember with driving aids, you can turn them off, you know, so, and especially that, um, you could have a friend that drives a drives a Tesla, and then you um, you know you're that guy before who's buys himself a GDR. You know, so thinking, well, 
I've scored this. This is my Pride and Joy. Mate's got a Tesla. He can handle that. He could probably be able to jump in my Pride and Joy GDR that I've just bought and throw him the keys and let him drive it back and can't handle it. So it's, um, if I, I think in any way for it, if your child or you are into performance cars yourself, it's money well spent to get into that. And I just think that as well, so advanced driving courses, like we've touched on before, if it's going to be if it's going to be something that sways and lowers insurance premiums and everything else, then I think the government should probably get behind it. Um, you know, you can rev- you know if you look at revenue generating from jobs, track hires, all the other bits and pieces that can be involved in as well. I think it could have a flow on effect that can inject more money into the economy as well. It's also got a um, a good end result for everyone. But um, yeah, I mean, that's it's, just it's, my a, it's a lifelong skill too. So it is, yeah, it's not something you, you needed. You know, once you've once you've kind of done it, it's you, you drive your car every day, right? And it's easy to say that you know, driver aid. These cars with that have a bunch of driver aids, you're, you're forgetting about a big demographic of people that can't afford those cars. Yeah. So there's a lot of you know, obviously Australia's a, a haven for a lot of um, immigrants to come and start a new life. They're not buying a brand new Kia or, or a brand new whatever, even mm-hmm. at thirty, forty, fifty k. They can't afford that, right? So they're going to go into Buying an old Commodore for $5,000 or an mm. old Ford or a Toyota Corolla, they're going to buy something that doesn't have any driver aids. So you got to keep keep that in mind. There's a lot of people that don't don't update their car just because you and I do or Justin Very does. Yep. There's a lot of people that don't update their cars like we do. They use them as a point A to point B. They don't really care about them too much and that's a whole separate issue with roadworthy and all that kind of stuff. But putting in, putting people in kind of a standard car, even, even a shitbox to an extent or just a standard shitbox, on a track and, you know, I think it's invaluable. I think it's something that everyone should do. And I think, like I said, I'd rather do that than go through, you know, the P-plate scheme and, and then just, just it's, you know, then then someone passes and they pass some legislation. Oh, we're going to drop this this road to 30 kilometres now. Mm. You know, it's, or, or we're going to do this or, oh, it's raining, so we, we got to do this. And I think the driver's course will just remedy a lot of that. That's yeah. not going to solve everything. But I think it's a very, very important thing. And the reason why I really emphasise the driver's course is our government just preaches, we're lowering the speed limits for your safety. Yeah. We've got these barriers for your safety. We've got this for your safety. Well, if you really cared about driver safety, mm. send people to advanced driving courses. Because yeah. I'd make the same argument then to you, Brandon, and I'd say, okay, so if if the driver aids are becoming world-class in these cars and everyone's going to have them, we don't need all these safety messaging on TV. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. You know, and, and we can lift the speed limits on, on world-class freeways. Like, we've got a world-class freeway with the East Link around the corner here. World-class freeway, brand new, 100 kilometers an hour the whole way. Come on. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Come on. Like, yeah. I'm not saying we should be going two, 300, but how do they manage in Germany? How do they manage mm. in Europe? You know, um, it's 130 in Croatia when I visit there, and most people are doing 150, and, and it's no problem. You come to Australia, and it's like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, let's be honest, the difference between 100 and 130, 140, if you hit a walls, yeah. the unfortunate reality is you're probably going to be in some trouble, right? Yeah. So. Um, I'm, I'm big for it, Brandon, and, and for that very reason, I think it's just a life skill that you, you, you might become someone that likes old school cars, like Justin says, in your, in your later life. You've always got that skill. You might go to a farm one day and drive a, an old Jeep off-roading. You've got that skill. It's just very, very um, useful life skill, kind of like first aid, kind of like all those things that I think is useful. You know, you're, you're in your car. Some people spend more time in their car yeah. than they do in their apartment or on the ground yeah, with, with exactly. commute times and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, interesting nonetheless. 
but mm. all for it. Last one, you guys have mentioned before about cars being clocked back. We just spoke about it not long ago. Yeah. Do you trust RevCheck first, Justin? And how else can I tell if a car is being tampered with? That's from Lee. Um, do I trust RevCheck? No, I don't because that's just determined from what someone puts in the, they log. Of, of the car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you definitely have to look further into it. Um, and look, the interesting thing on the horizon, there is actually some technology coming out um, that I've heard about that um, also looks into all this as well, where you can pretty much tell if um, a dominant has been tampered with. Don't know all the whole full details behind it, but um, that, that's going to be interesting to see as well. But for me, I do it the old way. I look at wear and tear that we were just talking about before. So um, wear and steering wheel, seats, um, you know, floor carpets, Look to see if any um, clips and things have been, you know, tampered with. Um, especially if you look at screws on the odometer, has it been, you know, pulled out, etc. Look at all those kind of things. It is harder on the newer stuff. Um, one good thing that you know, be interesting to see what happens with the technology behind it is just a lot of these apps for these new cars as well. So, my new Ranger that's got Ford Pass, whereas I could log into it now and can see how many kilometers on it. So obviously that Ford has that information somewhere it'll be good to see later on with all these manufacturers and bmws and that had the same as well be good to see where this trickles down and hopefully stamps out um is that just by satellite is it yeah so um just logs it by satellite yeah, log straight in so i could start the car from here and everything yeah, yeah. so yeah so it is ford pass but i wonder yeah, yeah i wonder if it logs into their cloud though so like basically if you went to sell it yeah and i was buying it um, yeah, so you can see there right now, it's got the Domino 3,387, got 185Ks to empty straight off my yeah. app there. I'm sure there's a way so. people can probably turn that off though. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, well, I guess I mean, you I'm wondering, you, I'm yeah, wondering if there's a direct route from the car to the yeah, Ford Cloud. Yeah, that's exactly so the, the, That'd be yeah. smart for these dealers to do. So then when yeah. you go to sell it to me and you say you've got 5,000, I can be like, I'll just go on the I'll Yeah, go exactly. So Ford if you dealer, call Ford dealer, pay 30 bucks, they can, they can make money out of it, which they probably yeah. will want to. Fair enough. Yep. And then you do your ref check with legit, yeah. On because everything's in the cloud these days anyway. That's the way they should be going. Mm-hmm. A ref check will go out of business because you, you know you, you can't trust people logging. Um, like Justin said, the we've said seat bolsters so people getting in and out of the car, higher the kilometers, the more wear on that on that inner on that outer seat bolster. Yep. Um, steering wheel wear. Yep. You know the more time someone's gripping it, the more wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, gear knobs yep. and transmission. Um, even small things. Look in the back seat. Look in the uh, kind of lift the mats up and see if there's scuffing on the carpeting, on the underlining, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, look, smart people that have a high-end car, they want to sell lower kilometers, are going to, are going to do their best to put a new mm-hmm. steering wheel on, put, yep. at least re-leather it or, or you know, mm-hmm. um, rematerial it. They'll, they'll, they'll get a new gear knob and they'll try to maybe get a driver's seat. That's what smart people will do if they've got a yep. high-end car so they can still cheat it. But generally, most people won't go to those links and that's where you can really, mm-hmm. especially with a, you know, a VS GTS or a VS Club Sport, like, They'll, yeah. try, they'll, they'll they won't really touch anything, and it'll just be wound back, and you can kind of clearly tell that things yeah. are going on. Um, obviously, paint wear as well, but then you've got the argument: has it been in Queensland? Has it been in the NT? That can that can yeah. a twenty thousand car in the NT is different to one in New South Wales, right? Because of the sun, uh, yeah, and the, exactly. the dust and the dirt. So it is tough, but mm. it's just something you gotta you gotta inspect. And yeah. uh, you know, we always always emphasize: look if it's a to A to B, and you're not too worried about it, then you probably can get. A third-party inspection. If it's a muscle car or a car that you're really passionate about and that you mm. want to drive and you want to, it's a collector car. Yeah. Go and try to see it yourself. Um, yeah, and, and don't be shy as well. Like look inside the logbooks, especially if you can see that it was owned by like a company or something like that. Call them. Yeah, call them. Call them. Ask a question. 
if you've got, yeah, your typical kind of numbers car where it's like an FPV, HSV and things, we've said time and time again, jump on the forums, um, post up the link. This is the car I'm looking at. Anyone know this car? High chance someone will. Yeah, and by calling previous owners, yep. they, they might have said, I sold it with 30000 on the clock and now it's yep. on car sales with 20000 which happens exactly. a lot. You'd, you'd yep. be surprised. Um, and there's been, there's been cases in court where yep. – you know, uh, people have tracked down the first owners and try to go after them, thinking that they're, yeah. they're trying to figure out, all right, who out of these last three owners has clocked it back, and yeah. then it's a shitstorm. But people have been dragged into that innocently at times, and that's a reality, especially on high-end, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollar cars, where you're like, hang on a second, someone's or someone's yeah. changed of in plate, or yeah. someone's done this. And it's, it was quite funny. I was saying to link to a HSV coupe the other day, and um, yeah, my guys, oh, this is pretty good, and I knew. That, that car in the time I'd known that car, seen the car, the build number changed hands ten times. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I knew every every hand that that car that car went through. Yeah, that's good. Time. Yeah, and and the forums, like Justin said, yeah. are huge. And just to finish, our producer Steve actually uh, reached out to me. Um, you know, he's he's looking to sell a car slash trade in. So mm-hmm. he he actually doesn't know a whole lot about cars. He's not too passionate about cars, but he said it. Found our last episode very, you know, some 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 things that we spoke about very useful, um, and he just reached out about like, you know, trying to get oh, am I getting a fair price from the dealer? So I thought we'd just touch on mm-hmm. if you've got you know if you've got a secondhand uh, car and you wanted to go you know you want to go and upgrade it, you've got you know you've got a, a let's just say a Kia and you want to upgrade to the to the newer model, you take it in and the dealer says all right, I'll I'll give you a tr- I'll give you twenty k for your car and you're like, am I being screwed or not? The best. Reference is car sales. So yep. just jump on car sales, put your make and model in the year, um, see what's for sale around those kilometers. And then you have generally with every car for sale, you've got the dreamer end and the, the moderate end and the low ball end. Um, and then you can get a feel. So if you've got 30,000 kilometers, you jump on car sales and, and on average they're 26,000. Then you're like, shit, the dealer's yep. got, got 6K of play. Maybe you go back and you say, um, I'll give you, you give me 23K, I've jumped on car sales and I've seen I can get that. Uh, sometimes yep. the other will say, okay, go deal with the secondhand market, good luck. Yep. Sometimes I'll give you more. And another thing you can do is say, say you've taken delivery of a car, or sorry, put your name down for a delivery of car, car X, a key carnival. It's coming in six months and uh, we've both done this and you, the dealer says, all right, I'm going to give you 20 grand for your car. You can say, okay, I'll let you know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm signing for the car Yep. and then list your car um, for 25 grand on car sales and then up until a certain point till about maybe three months before your car is about to be delivered or two months, whatever you negotiate with the dealer, then you can always have that 20K as a, as a yeah, backfall, right? Yep. It gives you a little bit of, of room to, to, if you feel like you're getting screwed, list it for a month or two and then say, then go back to the dealer and say, actually, I'm going to trade it in now. And they'll, yep. they'll, they'll still, if you've signed, signed that, they'll still give it to you. Um, yeah. That's probably the best way. I don't know if you've got anything else on that. Yeah, um, definitely... I personally never introduce a trade-in at the start. I'll always go negotiate the price on the car first. Same, yep. That's a good one too. And yep. then I'll go in and say, Oh, by hey, the way. Yeah, by the way, if I trade this in, what would you give me? Um, so also look at that. Also as well, um, before you even go down and, and negotiate as well, I'd also recommend just ringing around some dealerships, or even taking the car past as well, and just saying, what would you roughly give me for this as well? So do you a bit of your due diligence that way, then you pro- then you kind of get an understanding. And then even if you ring someone like, um, you know, the car the car wholesalers and things as well, like let's just say you're looking at getting a Kia Carnival, but you're driving a Honda Jazz. Yeah. So you know that that Kia dealership won't- Screw you. Yeah, they won't want anything to do with that Honda because they're going to have to ring a car wholesaler because they won't want to take that into stock themselves. So 
also think about that as well because if it's not their own brand, yeah, high chance you're not going to get a higher trade-in. You know, so compared to if you're going to be going and buying a new Honda, again, if you're getting a Honda Odyssey van and trading your Jazz, well, then it's their own brand. Yeah. They'll back it more. You get more money. Um, so they can sell on their floor too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so just just uh, just think about it that way. Um, that's the only other things as well is just always, always think about just all the add-ons as well because – they will try and suck you in. They might be going, oh, well, the price is a price, but we might be able to give you some extended warranty here or some, some, and some bits and pieces <laughs> to try and do it that way where it's mm. going to benefit them more um, or, you know, a couple of free services or something that's going to be more back in their pocket. So just forget all that. Just go straight for the straight for the dollars on it. Yep. And then also, you know, if you if you are buying, look at, look at country dealers as well. Um, a, yep. lot, a lot of times your metro dealers are, uh, sometimes can be more competitive because they have a bigger range, but they sometimes don't move on price. Whereas mm-hmm. a, a country dealer might not be moving as much, and they're just happy to get a sale out there. Yep. So, you know, you don't be scared. We've always said, go, if, if you're going to save five grand, you can go into state and find that brand new car and drive it home. You just got to make a, a weekend trip, and you're saving yourself after fuel and flights. Maybe you're saving yourself three grand. That's three grand saved. Yeah, well, it's sensational. Exactly um, right. So, looking at that, and, and a lot of times those country dealers sometimes will look after you just because yeah. they don't get as much as much yeah. traffic, and people just don't go go out there that much. Mm-hmm. You know, so. and definitely as well that there's this whole stigma about um, new versus demo. So. I, I still can't get my head around this. I was actually chatting to a mate the other day because his missus just wants a new car, wants to be the first one to sit in it, fart in it, whatever. Fuck. You know? <laughs> I can't get my head around that. If you're getting a car that's got 700Ks on it or 3,000Ks on it, whatever, if you're saving dollars, you're saving dollars. At the end of the day that you can have other people driving that car, other friends getting in and out of it, whatever like that, other people farting in it, whatever's going to happen. Um, later on down the track, that's going to hurt your dollars. So that – if you think about it, if you're going to be paying extras on it, especially if you're financing it, that extra 3000 5000 whatever, new to a demo, and you're paying finance on that, think about it. You've got to be smart. So the best deal is done right from day dot in the, in the door. Just like they say when you go for a job, when you negotiate your salary from the start, think about it straight away with the car. So you've got to think, this is my chance to crunch it. The best deal here is going to save me later on, especially when you're in that competing market later on in car sales. When you're going to sell it, well, then you could probably price yourself, you know, well above the others that have um, made that emotional decision wanting to get new. Yeah, the the dealer thing I've got no issue with. I I often shop dealer used just because, I mean, you're going to put the thousand on within a month anyway or with a couple of months. Um, And where the dealers get you is, look, there's some people that, that don't care about, uh, money at all, and just I want this. They're the people they love because if as soon as you co- you go into a dealer and you want a certain you want a certain color with a certain interior and certain options, they're just rubbing their hands together. And Whereas, the pain protection package, yeah. But, but just yeah. say you want the crystal knob in your BMW, and you want yeah. I want this this white. I want I want white with this certain interior with these accents. They're just loving it because that's a custom order, yeah. right? And you're paying what the number is. Yeah. Whereas if it's a, if you can be a bit more open, like we deal with, with a few BMW dealers um, and sometimes they'll, they'll hit us up and say, oh, we've got these three cars. You, do you know anyone that's interested? But they're, they're that color scheme, but we can get you, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, hundred K at times off sticker. Yeah. But I know you wanted a black with white interior, but this is a black with gray and you take that and you're saving 50, yeah, 60 exactly. grand. So, and that, that goes down to the dealer thing as well. So, yep. you know, just a, just word for the wise, if you go into a dealership and you, you want to get a good deal, but you also you also want your colour and you want this and you want that, yep. you're not going to get a good deal. They're going to no, get, get what they want. You, you're going to pay top dollar for that. And some people like doing that. 
by yep. all means. But if you're a bit budget conscious, never go into a dealership saying, I want X, Y, Z. Just go, hey, what, what, what options do you have? What, 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 what do you have? And then take down that and then go home and think about it. That's probably the best way to go about it. Hands down. Cool. Stay tuned, everyone. Uh, right after this, we're going to have a separate episode with our interview with David Reynolds. Uh, very, very good interview. Um, he's uh, to the point. Open, honest, um, probably crude at times, just like we are, yeah. uh, just how we like it. No no hold barred. Um, really good interview. We learned a lot. Stay tuned for that one, Justin, and we'll see everyone next time. Done. Thanks, guys.